When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. He is Greg Bedard. I am Nick Cattles. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles getting you ready for the Jets game coming up on Sunday. And uh, Greg, of course, we're brought to you by Athletic Greens and betonline.ag, our two friends. Let's start with some headlines. Mac Jones speaks a few interesting things that he said that stood out to you. Let me uh, read the first comment. Quote, I wouldn't make comparisons, just two different offenses and different coaches, different players. We're doing some similar things, which is really good. And every offense is different, right? Your thoughts on uh, those comments? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was interesting that Mac actually came out for the first time and basically said, um, look, you and the question was about. Uh, you know, the timing of the routes to the drops and things, stuff that we talked about two weeks ago. I know Dan Orlovsky, I retweeted it. If people wanted to look at Greg Abedard on Twitter, uh, of course, Nick is Nick at Nick C radio. Uh, if you, I retweeted his video from NFL live, which talked about the, the Patriots, you know, basically Max getting to the top of his drop and people are still running routes and not coming close to being open. It's something we talked about two weeks ago. Um, in relation to the what was the game what was the last game that they played (laughs) it was uh indy was it oh yeah indy um and uh you know the struggles of the offense i mean basically you know since mac got back or back from injury and and people are wondering you know there's a, a lot of the criticism of mac is like he looks indecisive and he's and he's running and he's doing this and you know, some of it is him, but a lot of it is just, you know, the way the 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 pass plays are being constructed by, you know, Matt Patricia and whoever else is involved. And, you know, I just thought it was interesting that Mac for the first time, I think, came out and basically said, like, this is a completely different offense, uh, which is something we've talked about basically all all year and uh something we we haven't understood on why that needed to happen um and you can see why they are where they are and you're hopeful that normally what happens if you if you're going to a new system normally it takes about half the season for things to you know start to click they don't look like they're close yet we'll see after the bye but um you know different offenses different coaches um, he, I, I did find it interesting where he said, we're doing some similar things, which is really good. I, I think that's max way of saying, like, I kind of like what we were doing before. Let's do more of that stuff. Um, ask me what I like and I'll tell you, and let's do more of that stuff. And that's, that's one of the things I think they need to do coming off the buy. 
the Orlovsky video is fantastic. It's about five minutes long. And uh, Keyshawn jumps in. They have a conversation. I thought it was terrific television. Yep. I would suggest everybody find that video of Orlovsky. And, and really, it's what Greg has been describing when he breaks down some of the issues offensively for this team. You know, the, the spacing is is off. Uh, the, the, the timing is way off the fact that you have, you know, guys running verticals downfield and, you know, three-step drops for Mac and, and him not having the time and, and guys, I thought it was very telling when Orlovsky said, you know, guys aren't looking for the football. They're still kind of in their routes. It reminded me of when Hunter Henry was open on that fourth and one going back to the jets game and Henry wasn't fully turned around. And I thought that's why Mac didn't throw the football because when Mac had, you know, the opportunity to throw the football, Henry wasn't turned all the way around and these are you know these are issues whether it's you know sometimes it's Mac off on his rhythm but mostly as Keyshawn said this is on the coaching you know Keyshawn said this is on the coaching it's not necessarily on Mac so I would suggest that video the second thing that Mac said that stood out to you Greg was quote for me just making sure my feet and eyes are in the right place unquote yeah and that's something we also talked about that you know when I look at some of his struggles and including, you know, in that Colts game, I thought that there were plays on Mac where I'm looking and I'm like, I I don't understand why his eyes are looking this way and they're not looking that way where a year ago, you know, his eyes would be in the right place that he would be looking pre-snap and saying like, all right, I I have a good idea that according to our route combinations, like someone's going to be open on this side of the field. And I'm looking like I'm reading this safety over here. And if he goes deep, then I'm taking the intermediate route and that sort of thing. And, and that has been a disconnect. And I do think some of that is on Mac, you know, I do, I think the, the genesis of it is the coaching and, and, you know, the protection and their struggles there. Yes. And and it has led to some poor habits for Mac Jones. And I, you know, I do think he probably watched a lot of films during the bye week and he, and he came to the same conclusions. Like, you know, on this play, like I need to be better pre-snap. So I'm better post-snap. And I think that's been one of his struggles so far. All right, let's talk offensive line. Speaking of struggles, Patriots have had some struggles on the O-line, especially with David Andrews out. Uh, Isaiah Wynn, showed up at left tackle uh, at practice this week. Trent Brown looks like he was limited in practice, but Greg Brown was not listed on the injury report. What do we make of this? Yeah, I'm, I'm confused by that. Now, you know, I wasn't out of practice and it's, you know, reporters who were out there at practice and saw that Trent, uh, that Isaiah Wynn was taking reps uh, with the first team at left tackle. Now, granted what, the reporters are allowed to see uh, it's sort of like walkthrough corrections stuff. And, and it's not necessarily indicate an indication that uh, this is what they're doing. I mean, maybe they look at, I'm sure part of the thing could be, you know, Isaiah Wynn is really the backup at left tackle, you know, right now, and maybe he hasn't had reps there in a while and just getting him a little bit familiar with that because you just don't know what's going to happen, you know, with Trent Brown. But, you know, it could be an indication that the Patriots coaches went in at the bye week and looked at the offensive line, which was is really job one. They need to figure out before anything else, they need to figure out the offensive line. Do we have the right personnel in the right spots? Are they perhaps thinking about, you know, it was better last year with Wynn on the left side and Trent Brown on the right side. Do we go back more to that? One thing we definitely know now, and the questions can now stop from from everybody, is 
Michael Winnie was not moving to tackle. Bill Belichick made that clear. He was asked about it this week. Yep. He said that uh, that when they drafted him, it was the idea to basically he was going to be a guard. He went to tackle last year only because they needed him to, and he you know he did a pretty good job in Belichick's words. But he said, you know, he is built like a guard. That's what he is. So I wouldn't look for any changes at right guard, certainly. You're hoping Andrews is going to be back at full strength this week at center. That'll help. There's a question of what they're going to do at left guard. You know, is it win? Is it Cole Strange? I assume they'll go back to Cole Strange. Uh, Sometimes youngsters need a breather, sort of collect themselves, stand on the sideline, watch a little bit. I think that's part of the reason why Strange was benched in the last two games before the bye. Um, but, you know, now the, now the questions can cease and we don't have to speculate anymore about Awenu moving to right tackle. That is only now an emergency situation. He is now a guard. He is Shaq Mason's heir at right guard, and I don't see him leaving there for about 10 years. Jake Bailey has stunk this year. He stunk last year. For some reason, he was given an extension. He's now on the injured list with a back injury. Uh, Michael Pilardi is on the practice squad. Uh, honestly, Greg, with how bad Jake's been, does it matter? Does it matter if Pilardi's out there punting on, on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. I think the only place it might matter is kickoffs since, you know, Bailey does that because Nick Nick Folk's like 80 years old. But I'm sure, you know, Nick could do that job if, if he needed to. But considering the amount of field goals they need to kick, uh, how much work he gets there, especially against good defenses like the Jets this weekend, um, maybe they need to conserve old man Nick and make sure that he's not wasting uh, <laughs> any kicks on kickoffs. But I, I don't know about you, Nick, but when I heard about the back injury, you know, first of all, coming off a bye, um, I think I think Bailey might have been listed with a uh, with another injury before the bye, like a knee or something like that. Now he comes off the bye and he's got a back injury. It just reminds me of uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack. Like, ooh, my arm! Like, I think it's <laughs> broke. Like, it's like oh, I came off the back. And, oh, it's my this after the seven yard punt. Now it's oh, my back hurts. Like that's what it was. But you know, look the punting needs to be better. And, and especially in these games coming up, um, you could get away with it with uh, Sam Ellinger on the other side of the field. Um, And, you know, of that ilk, but now, I mean, you could probably get away with it against Zach Wilson, but now field position in these games against the better teams in the league. And we'll see if the jets can rebound and be one of those teams against this Patriots team Uh, field position is going to be a premium. And they need to play in the strength into the strengths of their team, which one of them is defense and field position factors big time into that. They need to start pinning people deep. They need to start getting short fields for the offense. That'll help a lot of people. I agree with you. I've just given up all hope again. He's been bad for a year and a half (laughs) and you know, unless he, unless he wakes up tomorrow morning and remembers that, you know, that, that pinning teams are important and, and he finds that, he finds that uh, ability once again, then I just, I don't see it. He's just, I, I still don't understand the contract extension and the money that Bill gave him. He, he was bad all last year. He's been bad this year, whatever. Uh, Ty Montgomery is done. He's out for the season, Greg. And uh, you brought up Ty in, in the last couple of weeks about, hey, maybe he can come back and, and help this offense as like a third down outlet. Now we look at J.J. Taylor. We look at Pierre Strong, who really hasn't done anything all year long. 
if one of those two guys would help, uh, that would be nice. I wonder if Kendrick Bourne might be, you know, yeah. involved a little bit more. But uh, again, I don't necessarily trust Matt Patricia being able to do anything creative with Bourne. Your thoughts about Montgomery being out for the year and how that impacts this offense. I think this is an under the radar, huge loss for them. I mean, I was, I was kind yeah. of banking on him coming back. I think that they were, I think that he was um, prominent in their plans during the off season, as far as this new offense as sort of like a gadget guy, third down guy. And they just don't really have a backup plan for it. And I think it's, it's one of those things that's really subtly, crippled the offense I mean everybody automatically loves to go straight to the quarterback and rip Mac Jones and he's not this and he's not that but um you know not just not having like a good outlet is just one of those things that just helps a young quarterback you know move the chains keep things moving and you know Stevenson's fine and we've talked about that and he's he's good for his how good he is as a first two down back I mean what he gives you receiving is really good but it's not it's not like, you know, that, you know, jackrabbit type, you know, third down back, you know, just think, you know, James White is sort of uh, the ideal. Now, you know, not everybody's going to be James White. I mean, but to me, Nick, and I think you'd agree with this. Um, it just like we just like I yelled about um, Yadni Kajust, like, why is he on this roster if he's not playing right now with the struggles that they have at right tackle? And then he was in the starting lineup next week. Um, coming out of this by JJ Taylor's got to, got to be put into the lineup. They gotta, they yeah. gotta put him out there. Um, they'll probably, if Harris is right, they'll probably rely on that again. It's okay, but it's not good enough. I mean, JJ Taylor, even, even in the, the limited playing time that he had, I think it was against the Colts. Um, he made some people miss, like he's got that shake and bake back there. And like, they need to go forward. Like, with him give him a real chance I know he had a big fumble last year I understand that but again he's on this roster like utilize him he has a skill set that nobody else does as much as I love Stevenson and Harris he can't make people miss in the open field after the catch or on like a third and long draw like J.J. Taylor can I mean he really has he looks he has Deion Lewis potential but sometimes you got to stick with the youngsters, the, the good and the bad. And I think that's one of the tweaks I think they should make after this bye week is give Mac a real jitterbug outlet and also somebody that you can match up with a linebacker and run that arrow route. And all of a sudden, instead of 12 yards, all of a sudden now it's 35 or 40 yards. And I, I think that's I think they need to go into that. But it's Montgomery, not having Montgomery is big he was he was one of those well-laid plans that has just gone poof this year yeah i mean kevin falk and danny woodhead and Dion lewis mm-hmm. and james white and we, we can go through the names right they need that type of guy and for whatever reason it does seem like bill belichick and this coaching staff they don't necessarily trust jj taylor i mean i feel like he he would have been been given the opportunity they went out and they signed Ty Montgomery this offseason, which to me was an indication saying, hey, J.J. Taylor's not the guy. So maybe they have that wrong. Maybe with more opportunity, he'll show them and improve them wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's rather obvious with some of the moves they've made personnel-wise, drafting two backs and signing Ty Montgomery. It just seems to me that they don't believe J.J. Taylor's that answer. Uh, you know who wasn't the answer? 
And for all the people that were yelling at us at the beginning of the year about how this run game could not exist without little Jordan Humphrey. Well, little Jordan Humphrey's looking for a job. He was uh, released. So from the second most snaps at wide receiver in like week two or three, whatever that was, uh, he is no longer on the uh, football team, Greg. Yeah. I mean, look, not to pat myself on the back or anything like that, but uh, I ha- there's few things I've been more uh, I, that I've been more right about than this. I mean, and I, I look, I'll give kudos to the coaching staff for, you know, realizing the error of their ways. And, you know, my, I understand the way things look on paper and I understand having different guys and say, all right, well, against this team, we're going to be a power running team and we need that, that power wide receiver blocking wide receiver to really help things. And, and look, I, you know, that was good and all, but again, my criticism from the time was this is the type of thinking that you get when defensive coaches aren't, are in charge of offense where on defense, they have all these different personnel packages. They match up and they say, okay, well, if, if they're going to be in 12 personnel where we're going to answer with this, but when they're in 21 personnel, we're going to do that. You can do that on defense. I, I think the Patriots do a little bit too much of that, but um, so far so good on that side of the ball. But you know, you can't play offense that way. Like you can't play package offense. Like you need, you need to do, you, again, you're reacting to the defense instead of dictating to the defense and saying, being aggressive and saying, okay, you're expecting this. And you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this and we're going to catch you off guard. And I just thought that was a, uh, one of the bigger blunders for this offensive staff this year was, uh, the whole little Jordan Humphrey package, good football player helps you in a lot of different ways. I get it, but being a starter, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was a starter for this team back when they were healthy and had Aguilar and born and all these things. You're like, you're, you're playing little Jordan Humphrey instead of Aguilar and born. And you know, this guy and that guy is just, it was it was puzzling. I couldn't believe it, at least now. I do think, though, Nick, I do think this this is an acknowledgement of we're going to need to score more points in the second half of the season. And, you know, having a power wide receiver who only really blocks is not really going to help us do that. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not a shot at little Jordan Humphrey. I mean, the guy... No. He, he got to the NFL. He played, he played in the NFL. He was a starter earlier this year, you know, tip of the cap to him. It's more just this idea of like the defense earlier in the year of playing Humphrey as much as they did was always comical. This, this run offense mm-hmm. has always been really good. The run offense last year without Humphrey was really good with Kendrick Bourne blocking and playing a lot of snaps. It just never added up. Bourne was in the doghouse for whatever reason and they decided to play Humphrey and it is what it is. I just, I hope the people that were standing on that mountaintop saying, Oh, well, how can they run the football without Humphrey? Well, you know, maybe you want to take a step back now down from that mountaintop and, you know, in reality, uh, tell everybody and admit that uh, maybe you were a little bit off. Maybe it wasn't Humphrey's impact on the run game as to why he was playing so many snaps. Uh, Before we get to what the Patriots can realistically do to improve here in the second half of the season as we get ready for the Jets on Sunday, first, Greg's going to tell you about Athletic Greens. 
I started taking HE1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. I was sick of buying all these different pills and bottles and things like that. Now I've been on it for four months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, even though it's a green juice and a lot of people don't like those green juices. I'm telling you, this tastes good. It has a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right and keep your body, you know, we're in New England now. It gets dark quicker. You're missing being out in the sunshine. This is the stuff you need to get you through these winter months. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning, and now it's part of my routine, and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It does, really. I'm not lying. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so let's talk about this football team now improving as we head into the second half of the season, Greg. And you start with your first thought here in your notes, and it's not about scheme. It's about playing better better plans please explain to people what you mean by that so what i mean is like you know i i i've heard read a little bit from other writers on on the patriots beat and you know i respect them all they all have good ideas they all work their butts off you know and i i just think that sometimes people get bogged down into the minutia a little bit like you know as far as like oh you need more rpos and you need to do this like there's like that's not really how you get better as a football team or better as an offense. I mean, really, you know, where the Patriots are at this point, to me, it's about it's about getting simple, uh, about figuring out, all right, how are we going to be a good offense? How are we going to be better? Like similar to the, you know, 2018 Patriots who uh, you know, you remember the do your job documentary and they lost those back to back games, including in Pittsburgh. And like, you know, it, the, the passing game wasn't working. It was it was broken. They couldn't find any rhythm. And and that's when McDaniels, along with Belichick, with Belichick's suggestion, they basically said, all right, we're going to be a power running team. And did Tom Brady like it? No, he did not like it at all. But it was the best thing for the team. And they went on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, to me, it's about, first of all, when you're talking about where this offense is right now, it's about the coaches figuring out, looking at their individual units and like, okay, um, where is each player? How do we make each player better? 
Um, and you you have to start there. And they, of course, it starts, you know, with the offensive line, possibly some personnel tweaks. But, you know, really, it's about, all right, you know, we're halfway through the season. We're nine games through the season. This outside zone stuff, is it worth a damn? No. So we're, you know, we're going to junk it. We're going to go more to gap scheme, power running team, and and really figuring out what's best for this offense, which I think if you look at it, if you take a step back and look at this offense, Ramondre Stevenson is your best player. You know, yep. the offensive line has the pieces, the personnel to be a good unit. Start with how do we make those those players better? And then you build everything off of it, including the pass game where you say, okay, well, we're going to be a power running team and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. I wish they would have a fullback, uh, but that was one of the, the many errors in this offseason because I do think that's one way. Going back to waste, basically what they did in 2018, I think is the way forward for this team. And do they have all the tools to do that? I don't know. We'll see. But start with the running game and then build your your pass game off of that and incorporate, all right, what are the concepts? What are the things Mac Jones does well? And then build that off. But start, you know, very simple. Like, you know, I, I know there's a lot of talk about being predictable and, and the, the defense knowing what you're doing. Like, it shouldn't really matter. It shouldn't. Not if you execute well. And that's the, how do we get our execution level up? It starts with doing what these players do best and doing more of that. And then, you know, being simple, but then building different concepts off of that. That's where you really start as an offense. It's not about RPOs or, you know, let's run more of this or let's throw, you know, these passes and that, that, that stuff comes later. It's really about focusing on the individual players, coaching them up and getting them to the next level. And coaching them up is is certainly very important. And, you know, off the bye week, we'll see what the coaches did and, and what they really drilled on during that time off. You know, the, the question that I have, and I think a lot of other people would have is, do they have the coaches capable of coaching the offense up? Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, you know, to me, it seems like it would almost entirely be on Bill Belichick to figure this out and say, okay, we got to coach this up. We've got to do this better. We've got to look at this. Like you said, make the suggestion like he did to McDaniels back in 2018. Hey man, this passing game stinks out loud. Let's, let's go back to power running concepts. I say when, you know, when we talk about coaching them up, it's to me, this is, this is all on Billy B. Yep. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that, I think that Bill has had a heavy hand uh, about, since like about week two or three with the offense where he's just basically been like overseeing the offense, it needs to go up a level um, to the point where he is intimately involved with the game plans, making sure like, Hey, are our route concepts, you know, what are our, what are we doing here? And, and this is sort of what goes on when the Patriots game plan. I mean, you know, from being behind the scenes with the Texans with O'Brien and even though O'Brien had a, a heavy offensive background, Billy O really, you know, ran the team as like a CEO and he would let Godsey and the offensive coaches do what they were going to do. And then on about, I think Wednesday, when they, when they were about midway through or uh, sorry, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, when they were just about done with the game plan, they would basically present it to O'Brien. And these are the concepts that we want to run and these sort of things. And, and O'Brien would say yay or nay, or, Hey, I want you to develop more of this. I want to make sure that we have this available. And I think that Bill, I'm sure he's doing a lot of that. I think it needs to go up a notch just to make sure like, 
it's you're right. It's up to Belichick to say, to make sure everything's buttoned up that like we're putting, you know, Stevenson in the right position, the offensive line and Mac Jones and the receivers, like making sure, all right, does this work for everybody? It's on Belichick. It's not on Patricia at this point. We know what all these guys are. It's on Belichick to get it right. You mentioned, uh, you know, utilizing Ramondre Stevenson uh, to the top of his ability and, and getting the most out of him. Uh, another name that you mentioned here is Hunter Henry. And, and for me, you know, look, Hunter Henry and the other thing I would say aside for this offense that I would like to see, and I'm not saying go crazy and become Andy Reed, but I would like to see Greg them involve their athletes more. Like they do have some guys that are athletic on this offense and they just fail to use it. You know, you've got Tyquan Thornton, you drafted, who is a blazer. I know he's on their injury report now, but you know, you've got Thornton where you can throw some wide receiver bubble screens to him, some end arounds, jet sweeps, whatever, you know, you've got Kendrick Bourne who could be somewhat of a gadget guy every once in a while. You've got Janu who again, you know, Janu is this terrific athlete that they now for a year and a half haven't totally figured out how to utilize. Like, aside from Ramondre Stevenson and Hunter Henry, look at what you have in the room, understand what their strengths and weaknesses are and try to accentuate those strengths. And I just don't see that enough from this coaching staff and from the play calling. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, you know, I would like to see, I would like to see Janu look, he's limited. Like as far as you forget the downfield stuff, that's never going to happen with him. It's not, I mean, when it happens, it's on a broken play and he's wide open and, and he does that. It's more the stuff around the line of scrimmage. I wouldn't mind putting him at tailback a couple times, especially yep. if you're going uh tempo, which is, which is one of the schematic things I would see bill Belichick kind of dismissed it the other day about like, he doesn't believe in it, but um Hello, did you see your offense? Their one real scoring drive against the Jets when they beat the Jets was out of halftime when they went up tempo and no huddle. Yep. And also yep. um, the Bills struggled against that Jets defense. And guess what happened when they went up tempo? 93 yard scoring drive. So maybe there's something there. Maybe Belichick threw water on it to basically divert people away from thinking that they're going to do that, uh, which it could very well be the case. If I'm the Patriots, I'm coming out and I'm going up tempo um, against the Jets. But as far as, you know, the pass game to me, it has to start with Hunter Henry. Like that has to be the focal point. It hasn't been, that has to be one of the corrections in the bye week that says like, all right, the, you know, especially in the red zone where it's Hunter's your first read. And if it's there, great. If it's not, then you're going up top. You're not reading high to low. You're reading Hunter to high, like that's sort of what we're changing with the offense because um, he's one of the mismatches that you have on this team. One of the assets where you say, all right, pretty much even if he's covered, he's a big body, you can put it on him. Like it's the passing offense, especially in the red zone to me, has to be Mac to Hunter and start there and everything else comes off that. All right, they got to figure out the offensive line, which we've kind of talked about. Yep. Um, hopefully, David Andrews back will help. I think it will, especially for Cole Strange. Uh, you also talk about more pressure concepts on defense. Hopefully, Christian Barmore's return will help uh, if he gets back on the interior. And then you kind of add to what we've seen from Uche and, and Judon. Uh, any quick notes on those two things before we get to the Jets? Yeah, I just think they need to be prepared, especially against this Jets team. Um, 
Both teams are coming off a bye week, so the Jets will be better prepared for sort of the twists and the stunts that the Patriots love to do to sort of get, um, you know, cheaper pressure. It's not just guys winning one-on-one, even though, you know, Judon can certainly do that. Uche can beat somebody around the edge with speed. Um, For this game especially, I think they're going to need to come up with some designer pressure concepts, stuff from the second level, maybe, you know, some more corner blitzes, some more safety blitzes, just uh, because the Jets will be, they've had two weeks to get ready because they know this is a huge game for both teams. This is basically, I mean, it's not do or die for the Jets because they're one game ahead, but it's basically do or die for the for the Patriots at this point. And so uh, the Jets are going to be ready and the Patriots need to have some stuff uh, that is going to surprise them. Yeah, I mean, they they beat the Bills uh, coming off of a bye. They're feeling really good about themselves. Robert Sala has kind of framed that Patriots game as the one that got away. They feel like they should have won that game, could have won that game. They feel like they're a much better team than they showed on that day. So they'll be motivated. They'll have the extra week to get ready. Defensively, they are a headache. Uh, Their front seven is a handful. I would expect Zach Wilson to be better because I don't know if you can be worse than he was in that game. You know, I I just, I don't know if he's going to be that bad again. I mean, we've seen him be terrible against the Patriots multiple times, but I just have to imagine he'll be a little bit better. They also have James Robinson at running back. Now you remember when the Patriots played them, uh, they were trying to deal with injuries in the backfield and they really didn't have anybody established just yet. They've had the off week to get Robinson uh, acclimated to the offense. So I think their run game will be better. Uh, They're going to be a very, very tough team to beat. And before we get to our pick, Greg, let's tell the fine people about betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game treads at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so the line is Patriots minus three. Vegas tells you all about how they feel about these two offenses coming in. The over-under is 38. I will, I will start first because uh, the last couple of weeks Greg has gone. It always seems like I'm jumping on the back of him, so... Uh, I think this game is going to be tough. I think both quarterbacks are going to have a very tough and difficult challenge ahead. Uh, I think it it really depends on the run game. I give the Patriots a slight edge in the run game on Sunday. I think this is going to be low scoring. Uh, I do think until the Jets beat the Patriots and, and Zach Wilson plays a good game against the Patriots, I do think it's a little bit of, uh, you know, show it to me, prove it before I, I bet on you. So, I've got the Patriots uh, giving the three, but I've got them barely getting by, Greg. My final score right now is 20 to 16. So the under at 36 versus the 38 number, and I've got the Pats minus the three beating the Jets by four. Okay. Well, that's a good pick. I was, you know, somewhat in the same ballpark as usual. (laughs) Um, I will say that this is the first game where I do not have a good feeling about this game and about my pick. Um, Yeah. I, 
and that's usually bad um, in the past. Like, you know, sometimes I get, sometimes I, I'll admit, sometimes I get swayed that, you know, I don't want to be the turd in the punch bowl and sort of, I, you know, I, I, I go along to get along and, and that often doesn't work for me like that, uh, that Ravens playoff game one year that I, I, I thought the Ravens were going to win, but I chickened out and I picked the Patriots, but I thought it was going to be the Ravens and they won. Um, I worry about that this week. Um, uh, but I just think that, um, I trust, I trust the Patriots offensive line more than the Jets offensive line. Uh, and they have some injuries there. I don't know if Herbig's going to be back. He's not even any good at right guard, but he could, he's been, at, he was out of practice at least yesterday. Um, I trust Mac Jones over Zach Wilson, uh, to take care of the ball, certainly in his, in his, um, current state which just looks like whatever you guys you guys get mad at me for turning the ball over so i'm just gonna throw it away like that sort of thing it's like dealing with my teenage my teenagers like fine you want me to take out the garbage here's how i'm gonna take out the garbage um so um i don't feel great about this game um can can, can i pick it on the number i think i'm gonna pick i think i'm gonna pick patriots 2017. I think I, I'm going to pick it on the number. Um, can I, I don't even know how my, my, my record would work after that, but I just saw for a push. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I guess I win on a push. That's, 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 that's going, we don't win. Narrow focus. Get <laughs> I get a push if they push. Yeah. yeah. You, you get know, a push. If, if they if push, you'd be, the you'd, be, you'd be eight, one and one on the season. You get the push. All right. Well, screw that. I'm going, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going, I'm going, the Patriots are not going to cover, but they're going to win. And I don't feel good about this. I'm going to say 2019. I don't know how they get to, I don't know how the Jets get to 19, (laughs) but uh, that's, that's what I'm going with. All right. Well, we'll see again. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Both Jets games are the games where I'm like, cause it's just, it's so nip and tuck and these teams have some of the same issues and you know, it's, it's a, it's tough. It's a tough game to call division rival, but uh, I'm going to lean with the Pats. All right. So the BSJ member question of the day, 39.99 on the annual plan. Of course you get all the great Boston sports coverage from Greg's team. And you also get Greg on the weekly chats and his film sessions again, 39.99 on the annual plan. What is the BSJ member question of the day? So it's related to, I did a mailbag off of my uh, Q&A, which is every Friday at BSJ. I took this, this time during the bye week, I took sort of uh, five most interesting questions and held them back. And I did a mailbag this week. And, and one of my answers related to the offensive coaching staff or whatever, and Stan LA uh, took a little bit issue where I said, your statement that Belichick thought that McDaniels would never leave is absurd. And we were talking about, you know, how they basically the question was about how they ended up in this mess on the offensive side of the ball. Anyone who has followed the Pats knew he was going to go when he thought the job was the right one. Hard to believe your readers are going to buy that idea. Well, Stan, this is my thinking. It's one of two things. Either Belichick thought McDaniels was never leave, would not leave for a while. I'm not saying like never. But certainly in Belichick's, you know, whatever he has left, three years coaching, that he thought McDaniels might hang on for that or he wouldn't find the right job or, you know, his, he's got a family that's entrenched here, kids in high school. Maybe he wasn't going to be willing to leave or he wouldn't find that perfect opportunity. 
it's either that or Belichick knew he was leaving, but just failed, completely failed to prepare a succession plan, just like at quarterback, at tight end, at a lot of different places on this team, slot receiver. So it's one of the two. And I just think that it's less of an indictment on Belichick that he just thought that he just didn't think the stars would align for McDaniels to leave. So he didn't, uh, he didn't prepare. Like I, if, if he knew, if he had a good idea that McDaniels was going to leave in say two to three years, then you, you mandate someone gets put into that QB coach position, whether it was somebody on staff, Mick Lombardi or uh, Nick Cayley or somebody like that, that like, Hey, Josh, if you're dead set on taking a job at some point, you need to train up this guy so we can keep the tracks moving. He didn't do that. So I just think it's the lesser of two evils that Belichick thought that McDaniels was the stars were never going to align properly for McDaniels to take another job that he would rather wait and succeed him here. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. As we uh, look forward to, I don't know if we want to say that, uh, a close, I think, difficult game on Sunday. We both expect it to be tight, and neither of us would be surprised if the Jets actually won, but we both uh, just trust the Patriots a little bit more than, than Zach Wilson and that offensive line. Uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Everybody uh, have a great weekend. Be good, be safe, and be healthy.